When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Blakey's Boot Room, the number one Cardiff City podcast. Brought to you by Wales Online. Hello and welcome to Blakey's Boot Room, the Cardiff City podcast in association with Giovanni's. I am your host, Glenn Williams, and I'm joined by Nathan Blake and Paul Abandonato after the international break. Chaps, how are we? Uh, not too bad, not too bad, thank you. Good, boosted and buoyed by two Wales wins. So talking of Wales wins, both so, um, both of the games, the, the qualifier and, and the friendly against Belarus, how, how do we view those, Blakey? Um, I thought the, f- the first game, the qualifier, the Azerbaijan game, I thought first half average performance, second half better. Um, and then uh, the friendly, change of players, a few uh, debutants, change of system. I thought all round it was a better performance because um, I feel like they need to play with a nine. I don't I don't think the false nine works, which were they played in the first game. Uh, the first game gave them the, the opportunity to rotate, a lot of rotation, but it didn't quite happen that way. Um, but I think, you know, I think the real, the only option he's got really, I know Moore started the game the other night, but Volks I think is far more experienced and is a better player in that position, as simple as that. And yes, he's got a, a lack of movement as he gets older uh, and what have you, but if you're playing with the likes of Bale, you know, Wilson... You know, uh, James, you don't really have to worry about, you know, breaking that defensive line with uh, your striker because he can be that platform for the others to run beyond. So I thought the second game was better um, than the first and, um, yeah, encouraging, slow but sure. Paul, your views on uh, on Wales playing? Well, after the Azerbaijan game, there was an awful lot of criticism of Ryan Giggs on social media, which I couldn't really get my head around. Wales, you know, have just won a qualifying game against a team who subsequently drew with Croatia, remember? Um, and the win was all that mattered to me, to be honest with you. Um, so, you know, they're back in the mix. 100% agree with Blakey on the nine. I've been saying this for, I said this after the Croatia and Hungary games in the summer when he ridiculously put Wilson and Dan James as his false nines you need a number nine in any level of football a proper nine just little things like Kiefer Moore was winning free kicks Blakey mm. when he was going up for challenges it wasn't mm. happening with Tom Lawrence because it's mm. not Tom Lawrence's game mm. against Azerbaijan the dilemma it causes is if he plays a nine which I think he has to Ampadu and Allen have got to play to hold the midfield Ramsey and Bale have got to play. It means only one of Brooks, Wilson and Dan James can play. Whereas I think he's trying to fit his best players all into the system. I think that's that's part of the problem. I think that that's against Azerbaijan. That's what kind of uh, 
heard the situation. But the balance of the team is more important, Blakey, than getting Yeah, the absolutely. You're going to have to leave people on the bench. And if David Brooks, Dan James has got to play now, to be fair to him, if that means David Brooks, whilst player of the year, has to miss out, so be it, unfortunately, at the moment. What I would say also, though, is how can I say this without it coming out sounding too harsh? It was a joy to go to Cardiff City Stadium and actually watch a team pass the ball around the way. Wales and their centre-backs did looking at Roden and Meppen just zinging that ball around at centre-back and Ben Davis against Belarus I just thought you know it was just lovely to actually see that style of football being Mm. deployed albeit it was too slow against Mm. Azerbaijan Um, and you know I think Ryan Giggs admitted that himself the temper needs to be picked up moving forward but I enjoyed that Mm. I think the stick with Ryan, just picking up on that point, comes from, um, I think a lot of people, I think most fans expected after t- 2016, I think they expected the transition to be, right, we pick up where we left off sort of thing. Uh, we failed to qualify for the World Cup just. I think most people thought, right, we are here. We're like a top 10, top 15 world team. You know, we should be qualifying. We just missed out on World Cup. We should qualify. And what's basically happened, <clears throat> excuse me, is is Ryan's kind of saying, "No, no, I'm gonna, <clears throat> I'm gonna refresh, not the whole thing, but you know, three quarters of it." So you know, certain players, certain experienced players, are being left out or not playing or what have you. And it is a transitional period. And I, I heard what John Toshak said. And I, and I agree that t- transitional period, I didn't even think to myself, oh, it was it was coming. But when you look, really, um, you look at the likes of Gunter and Williams, who are still in the squad. I think Ash should still be in the squad because I don't think you can um, get rid of that kind of experience. It, it, it's vital. But you are, at, in the next year or two, you are going to have to be looking to the next crop of players. So it's whether or not the pain comes now or the pain comes later and I think what Ryan's chosen is right let's get it done now and maybe if we don't qualify for this European Championships we'll be better for the World Cup qualifier so you know I said on the breakfast show he's kind of damned if he do damned if he doesn't so he's just got to follow his own path and whilst you're winning I don't think there's there's a lot you can say it's like what I said about Cardiff City when you're winning it's fine what happens is when you're not playing football or a style of football that's pleasing to the eye, that's entertaining, right? When you stop winning, it highlights everything and that is the problem. I think there's a lot of, uh, I mean, I've got friends of mine who come up to me and say, Giggs is doing an awful job. This is the best Welsh squad we've ever had. And when I actually put it to them, I say, get a bit of perspective here, right? This is a team full of very young players who are not seasoned at the highest level, 21-year-olds I'm talking about here, teenagers as well. Um, But also, whether you like it or not, it involves players who are bottom of the championship at the moment. So this theory that it's the best squad, it's it's just not there. Now, I do think that there's enormous potential with this squad. That back four now, he's absolutely right to do what he's done. You know, full credit to Gunter and Ashley Williams for everything they've done. But there's a back four now of Connor Roberts, Roden, Mepham and Ben Davis that can serve Wales well for the best part of a decade. Don't forget Lawrence. Okay, I won't. But I mean, Chuck these, these are well. younger players, yeah. right? Um, and I, I, you know, Dan James, 
David Brooks. You know, once you bring Bale and Ramsey back into that mix, there's an awful lot of promise to that side, but promise is the word. You know, they're coming up against the most battle-hardened, seasoned... World players. It's not players who players, know what it's, to it's do. World, world players, yeah, I'm telling you. And that needs- when I'm playing international football, the step up, I made my debut at Cardiff City Stadium against Norway, but the step up, it, it, the tempo again it, it goes again I think there's like I've said this to Rob Phillips before you know he'll just chuck a name out there or he should be you know in for Wales now and I say it's, you know it, it isn't that easy do you know what I mean you, you say it like it's like you know going from playing Sunday football to Saturday football with your mates down the park it's not you know going from league one to the championship it's a big step championship to the Premier League bigger step Premier League to international football you're playing against people who won the World Cup you're playing against proper 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 when you say world class these are the players you're facing now so you know it, it is a very difficult task and it is a transitional period and it is for players a, a learning curve you are realising actually if I'm out of position in the championship in this, in, in if I'm here, I'm out of position. In the championship, I don't get punished. In the Premier League, I get punished. In international football, I get absolutely destroyed, <laughs> right? You know, if, if anyone watched the England game last night, you know, England, great going forward defensively. Wow. You know, against a, a Kosovo team that's, you know, fairly new. So it, it, it's 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 not as easy as as people make it out to be, but you know I think we've got a really good squad. I think we're going in the right direction. I think can't overestimate how much we miss Aaron Ramsey for me. I think he is the one player. I said this prior to the two games. He's the one player who allows any midfielder or attacker to play how you want. So if you're a holding midfielder, he'll play advance of you. If you haven't got a holding midfielder, he'll sit and hold. If you need a, 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 a tent to run beyond the striker, he'll do that. If you need him to just sit wide and spray balls about, he'll do that. If you need someone to break the line again to the box, he can do that. He can do everything. It's why he's at Juventus, do you know what I mean? Because he's that good a player. And I think without, without him or Bale, when either one of those two are out, Wales struggle for me uh, to really put teams to the sword, as in goals and what have you. So I think he is the player that, more than anybody, they need to try and get back quicker. And going back to the Cardiff City aspects of it, you know, the last time I was in that ground was was for the Fulham game, where I sat next to Blakey, actually. Um and I just, I know we'll probably come on to this in a minute. I just thought the last 20 minutes when Fulham were down to 10 men was woeful. You know, just lumping it up to Patterson and hoping something would happen. So I actually quite enjoyed watching a team at that ground trying to play some nice football. Mm. Um, and that possibly clouded my judgment about the Wales performance. I don't, you know, so I, I don't think it was anywhere near as bad as some people say. It clearly wasn't brilliant, but they've won the game. And, um, Move on. Wait for the October games now. In terms of uh, Cardiff City players and international duty, firstly, some some sad news, I guess, is that Leandro Bakuna's international teammate Curacao, Jazzy Peter, died. So we send our condolences out to to him and the family and the team. It's terrible news. Um, 
Elsewhere, Kieran Brown, um, Cardiff City Academy player, he got called up to the Northern Ireland under-21 squad and got called up to the senior training squad and impressed so much he made his international debut last week for Northern Ireland. So, uh, Blakey, international debut is great accolade to have, especially at such a young age. Yeah, fantastic. I'm just... Um, I, I, I find it almost unbelievable that a player has, hasn't featured at all or not involved at all played the Carabao Cup game I think but that was that was it yeah I understand what I mean those are kind of the games that you kind of trial players mm. in then could make his international debut and not being in around the first team squad so um, I don't know maybe the the, 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 the pool of um, talent at Cardiff City is either it's one of two things I was not good enough I was not being recognised mm. so um, there seems to be a lot of influence a lot of Cardiff and Swansea players in the in the 21s uh, Welsh team but it doesn't seem to be um, an avenue at the moment it seems very difficult uh, and there has been a lot of players come and go over Cardiff I've mentioned that before in the last two or three seasons which is the manager's prerogative he he, he carries out how he sees fit or he feels fit but I just find it yeah remarkable really Good, big massive congratulations to the kid must have been a, such a proud moment for him mm. for his parents for his family friends you know I'd like to pat him on back myself and say you know big congrats but still more pressingly, I I I, I want to see him in a in a Cardiff shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Gavin White also turned out for for Northern Ireland last week, and and he came off the bench against Germany in the two 0 defeat um, in in the qualifier. He's sort of a player that I've seen divide opinion almost for from within Cardiff City fans on. Yeah, I feel a bit for media. Gavin because I, I think he works incredibly hard. Mm. I think he, he he's very talented. Um. Watching him, uh, what was our last game? Fulham. Uh, Fulham. Uh, I just think he needs uh, just a bit more time and a bit more coaching. Mm. Because he, like like I just said, stepping up from like League 2 to League 1, League 1 to Championship, Championship to Premier League, Premier League to International Football, it's difficult. You know, and, you know, as a player, you do need that guidance and that coaching, not just from the manager, the coaching staff, but from players around you, experienced players, you know, you know, if you're playing in front of someone like Peltier, be here, be there, you know, step inside him, cut off that pass, you know, get beyond him, take him on, you know, all this stuff. So I think uh, for me, I, 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 I don't, I mean, it's modern day, isn't it? Quick to judge, boof, yeah. you know, make our minds up in one game, you know. Harry Maguire played one game for Man United. He was the best thing since sliced breads. You know what I mean? It was like, whoa. So, uh, I, I like like I say, the boy clearly got talent. got a great engine on him. Um, he, he, he's got a got a little trick in him. I just think he needs that confidence. The more he plays, do something good, grab yourself a goal, and then that confidence builds and builds and builds. And yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think he got a bit about him. Junior Hoyler uh, bagged a hat-trick on international duty, scored three of Canada's six goals. Um, he, he's been a player who's, who's been in a bit of form and, and a lot of people have been calling for him to, to start and he, he hasn't really... He's been used off the bench, hasn't he, this season, Paul? 
Nathaniel Mendes, Lang, and Josh Murphy need to be Cardiff swingers. <laughs> before before Hoylet, I think Hoylet has done well coming off the bench, Blakey. Um, I think he struggled the other night against that Fulham right back to get past him at all. Um, yeah, I think Mendes and. To me, the order needs to be Mendes, Murphy, Hoylet, just a fraction behind those. I think White's way behind them. I think Blakey's um, suggestion that he needs a bit of coaching, blah, 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 is another way of saying that he's not really ready for this standard of football yet. Um, so I, th- I think... <laughs> I ain't saying he's not ready for this standard of football. I'm just I saying think. what I said. He, he, he does, you do need direction and help when you're playing up to the next level. You I can't think- just put him... If I said to you, if I signed you, Paul, we, we were at, you were at a uh, League One club and I signed you for, say, a lower league Premier League team and then just said to you, yeah, just go out and do what you're doing at your last club sort of thing. I'm not saying that's what's being said. <laughs> you would think, hold on a minute, I do need a bit of help. I need a bit of guidance. I need a bit of coaching, like how we play and blah, blah, blah. The tempo of the game is different. I just think it, it's it's early and, you know, you've got to give players time to adjust. That's that's what I'm saying. So to go back to my point, I think Murphy <laughs> needs to be let loose on this league because I think he has the ability to tear it up. Um, he just needs confidence. Once, once a couple of goals start flying in for him, I think he can get more. Mendes, we know what he can do. He's got power pace. And, you know, Junior is there in that mix with those three and that's a good triumvirate to be able to perm from I suppose I'd like to see Junior play off a te- off, off a number nine would you I would I'd love to see him in that like 10 position that roaming position because what he's got he's he, I think he's not as quick over 15 20 yards as he used to be he's yeah still, he's still sharp but yeah. he's not as quick as he used to be and that comes with age I can tell you that yeah um, but what is a trickster? He's he's got you know like a like a Houdini. He can pull all sorts of tricks out, and you know his little dodge and weave and little drop shoulder drops and step overs. He's 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 really difficult to get hold of like that. So I'd love to see him in that hole, or maybe like going beyond, um, and that that way he decides when he has to when he wants to stretch a team or something like that, if he's going to go in behind, it's usually you're running along the line and then you go behind the back four, so you're in on goal, so or into the corner at the cross for someone. So I'd like to see him in that kind of position also. I don't disagree with that. I think that Mendes, Murphy and him could be a really good sort of trio behind Glatz or Boger, whoever plays up top. But it comes back to what we discussed on the last show about the service to these individuals and how consistent that service to feet is. Mm. Yeah. Okay, well, that's the end of our international roundup. Coming up in part two, we're talking all things Bluebirds. Subscribe to The Boot Room on iTunes or listen on walesonline.co.uk. Welcome back to part two. Um, I suppose then, guys, the first sort of natural break in the season um, a bit of a time to take stock what, what do we think of the of the season as a whole I think it's very easy to be sort of downcast on it but if you take everything into perspective what what do we think about this these opening six or seven games including the cup <laughs> do you want to take it <laughs> Paul we'll come to you first 
Kuolem skin saa valentaisu kavahtumiin. It hasn't been great. It hasn't been great. The performances have not been great. The results have not been great. Been mixed, obviously. Literally, I think it's 2-2-2, two, 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 something mm-hmm. like that. A um, couple of last-minute winners against Huddersfield and Luton. Awful performance in the League Cup. Um, I was disappointed against Fulham. You know, I thought the start of that second half until Arta got sent off and the fans got Arta sent The fans at Cardiff City Stadium, I keep saying this, and Blakey says it, are brilliant. Mm. Absolutely brilliant in their backing for the team, the way they, in inverted commas, influence a referee at times. Back the manager. The, the, the Back the manager, the mindset, you know, the opposition. Mm-hmm. You know, Arta more than anyone knows how passionate those fans yeah, are. And like, he was sucking into it right <laughs> at the canton end of yeah, the ground. Sucking into right it. In, yeah. So the fans played their part. Yeah. They got a Fulham team who were dominating that second half. There was some 90% possession in that second half to Fulham. And who could have run away with it then? Um, they got him sent off, and that was huge advantage to Cardiff. And I, I just thought what we saw in the last twenty minutes, Blakey, was exactly how not to play against ten men. Mm. Lump it forward to hope Patterson flicks on the ball drops somewhere. I know there were loads of oohs and ahs, but you gotta you gotta have width and creativity in in situations like that. And I remember saying nothing in benefit of hindsight, Blake. I remember turning to you on about the 60-minute mark, whatever, and saying, right, let's hope something inventive is done with the substitutions now. Take Lee Peltier off, put Bakuna to right back because he can get forward from there, drop Patterson back to midfield and get Bogle on or something like that. But we ended up with the like-for-likes substitutions and, and I can understand why. But to me... That was a very, very disappointing finale to that game. I, I just, you know, so how how would I sum it up? I still think the season can go either way. It could be that Cardiff, you know, they power their ways to victories in these next four games. And then the situation is far more rosy, we're far more upbeat. Or it could be continuation of mixed results, in which case... It's going to be hard to get into the top six this season. I think, and that would be a disappointment. Mm. That would be a big disappointment to me. I th- I think when you look at... I think it'll... I always say we judge after 10 games, yeah? yeah? And we're four games shy of that. And like I say, it can go either way still. I would agree with that. But if I was putting my money down, I would say... And I've said it from day one. That's why I predict this to finish like eighth. I think we'll... I think it'll be a mixed bag. You know, I, I don't think, you know, you don't surprise someone twice with the same surprise. Do you understand what I mean? I think when Neil came in before, everyone knows how he plays, but there are a lot of managers who didn't know how he played. You know, uh, Nuno, for instance, at Wolves, when they went up there and won, I, I know he, he, he was taken by surprise, but then in the return leg, there was no surprises. He had done his homework. Do you understand what I mean? I don't think we are going to surprise anyone with the long throws, with the balls into the box, the continual uh, pressure in the last 10 minutes, because that's what it seems to be. We seem to be uh, kind of getting ourselves into a situation where we're going to play the game 
hold, hold, and then last 10 minutes, you know, throw on a couple of Junior Hoylets, Mendes Langs, and really go on and just from pressure of long throws and corners when, when everyone's tired, nick a, nick a win. Um, and I, I just think what highlighted for me against Fulham was, especially when you went down to 10 men, the importance of possession. I know people like to say, some people say to me, Blake's, nah, it doesn't matter. You know, they had 70% possession and we had like more shots than them. Well, okay, great. But you only score and you only have a shot and you only have a throw in when you have possession of the ball. So why wouldn't you want more possession of it? Uh, that's my motto. I like, And this isn't, uh, don't be convinced by these Pep Guardiola when people check out, oh, it's Pep or this or it's, it's listen, like I've said before, I said last week, I watched football from the 70s and people are rolling out from the back. Ask Brian Clough, did he play football? When you two European titles, Aston Villa, when they won it. You know, it, it's, it's it's nothing new. You choose how you how you choose to play is, is down to you. And the players you pick and the players you buy and then a system or a strategy or a philosophy you believe in, that's, that's down to you. And I just think, what was highlighted is when when Fulham went down to 10 men we weren't able to adapt into right let's keep a bit more possession let's 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 wear them down with right good balls not just long throws and ball up into the box but let's really let let Murphy terrorise them let Hoyler terrorise them let's just keep in slipping balls in finally someone switches off makes a mistake if you if you rely on the the, the, the long throw in and, and the ball into the box quite early and things like that, listen, I've been there, I've played the game. What you do is you say to your teammates, just 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 challenge every header, just win every header, blah 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 blah. You know, dig in and we'll be fine. And you know, that's why when a team goes down to ten men, it, it's hard to beat them because they sit in and really close rank on you, right? But what happened was they still had more possession than us. And and I, and I think that will become a problem because there are going to be some, they're going to be tougher tests. And yeah. I think there are some good yeah. teams in this league. And if I, if I said that there are four or five very good teams in this league, I would say yes. And, you know, our neighbours down the road, they've been decimated selling players. And yet they still find themselves in the position they are. So, through football so yeah I mean they certainly fizz that ball around um, which is obviously down to Steve Cooper yeah and coaching. I sorry Paul well, let me just say that one last thing when I played here the majority of my time here was under Eddie May Eddie May was like Lenny McLean he was like a big cockney rough tumble there's not many people who want to you know cross words with Eddie I'll tell you that now but the man was an out and out football freak Football. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. And it wasn't ten passes a goal. Football. It was pass to each other, move. And if you, if you're a player who takes people on, I expect you to take people on. Put the ball there, there or there. Carl Dale, I expect to be you. I expect you to be there, there or there. Chris Pike, there, there. Nicky Richardson arriving there. It was just football. It's one. What not what I call total football. Hundred passes a goal. It was a slick. Quick ball on the ground, move. You know players like Phil Stant, Cohen Griffiths. 
it, 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 it wasn't difficult. See, see, Blakey's just stolen my thunder because I was going to actually <laughs> make that very point when he mentioned about football from yesteryear. And it's not new, this tiki-taka. So, tiki-taka is probably a new, new thing or certainly a new phrase. But the team that Blakey played in, I was going to make this very point to you, Blakey. Robbie James wouldn't play a long ball in his career. He was a beautiful footballer. You know, he he knocked me out, Robbie. Dame, if I if I right. just <laughs> Damon Searle yeah. wasn't that sort of player. Kevin yeah. Ratcliffe wasn't that sort of player. I forgot about Nicky Richards, and he certainly wasn't. You know, no. so there was plenty of power in the team, but the side played football as well. You're right, absolutely. But what I was going back to, you know, on a previous podcast, I think you made the point, Blakey, that. You know, eventually, eventually, if you keep putting that ball in the box, eventually a centre back will miss header or miss clear it, or and it suddenly drop and bang it's in the back of the net. We saw that we had us running full up, yeah. Mm. I'm not sure that will happen with the better centre backs like Alfie Mawson of Fulham, mm. and they're they're better than him in the league as well. So I think to break down the better teams, you've got to have another string to your bow. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I'd agree with that, Cardiff need to develop that I feel I've always said can Lee Tomlin there they can I, I, I thought Tomlin again I you know I thought his, his intelligence and his little slip pass um, yeah he put Murphy away for, didn't he Murphy and yeah. yeah I just thought uh, you know he, he is a quality player but he's playing in a team who don't enjoy possession of the ball and that is a problem. I think it's it's the problem for Glatzel. Glatzel have said all along, Glatzel will score goals off Tomlin, 100%. Or if you wanted to switch it up and Tomlin was injured and you put Hoylet in that position. Those two uh, got that genius kind of mind. They can unlock a, a safe sort of thing with their passes. So for me, they just needs to be... I, I think we're perfectly set up to counter-attack teams, right? I think that is, I think we don't have a lot of pace at the back, so you play deep, but you've got ridiculous pace up front, so you counter-attack. And I said last season, I don't think we're ad- we're taking advantage of our pace and our power and our skill on the counter-attack enough. I don't think, I, I'm going to mention a dirty word here, did anyone watch the England game last night? Well, if you watched it, how they counted attack right, in the first half with three players, especially the two white boys with pace, as we do, two white boys with pace, Glatzel is not slow once he gets going. I just think you can just create so much damage. If you sit deep, which then allows Morrison and, and, and Flint not to worry about having to turn over their shoulders and chase people, because that's one thing they, they don't like doing. Right, so play a bit deeper. Give them that security to know that they're not going to get done over the top, and let the boys up front let them fly. I, I just think that is the bow, the second string you're talking about, Paul. Another way of really uh, dealing with teams. I, I think it's it's largely how they played at United when when they won. You know, United conceded a, a, a United made a lot of chances but City just counted them pace poof gone 
Oh, you mean you mean Cardiff at Old Trafford? Old Trafford, right. yeah. yeah. It, it, it's that on the counter attack. It was brilliant, and then they a few passes. It wasn't like counter attack and just ball in the box. It was pass, pass, pass. Oof. One of the flying machines gone down the wing. You know, Lang, you couldn't contain him in that game. It was lovely to watch. You know, Morrison. Fans who weren't there may find this hard, but Morrison was playing the ball out of the bat beautifully. Manga was, as we know. Bakuna was keeping it going through the midfield. And then that front four, you, you know, you had Mendes and Murphy on the flanks, Ken Zahor up top, and Bobby Ree flitting around. And it was it was just a joy to watch mm. that day. Yeah. And I said it before, I really hoped that would be the template for the championship well, season. Well, you've got Glatzel. Yeah, but Zahor we'll and Reid have been yeah, sold. The point is, you've got Glatzel, you've got Hoylet and Tomlin who can play in a 10. You've still got Mendes Lang and you've still got uh, Murphy. Yeah, but the style's not being adopted. That, well, yeah, I can't. That's, that's kind of why we're trying to make the point. You know, it is another way that I think you've still got all the attributes to be able to adopt that style. And I think you can. And... and th- I don't know this because I don't speak to anyone, but I would think, I know me, I would think as a player, don't doubt me. I, I, you know, I can do this. You know what I mean? It's, I've been, you know, we've been passing the ball to each other since we were six or seven. You know, it's, it's what you do. They don't tell you and you're six or seven, right, just get it and kick kick it. Or, you know, they say, get it, pass it to your mate, pass it, move it, blah, 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 blah. So it's nothing new. Uh, I just think once you get used to doing it, like anything, it's like riding a bike. Do it, do it, do it, and then Tomlin you become was, top was, class at it. Tomlin was picked almost out of necessity, wasn't he, because of the, the injuries to other players. Do you think going to Derby on a Friday night with Patterson back, and he's played Hoylet in the 10 role, as you said, the last couple of weeks, does he pick Tomlin, or do we think he's going to revert to tight? Maybe I'd Patterson? be gutted if I... If, 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 Tomlin's just been used as an SOS for a game or two I would because in those two games I think he's shown you flashes of what he can do Mm -hmm. I don't think it was any surprise when Reid left the statement he made saying this style of football didn't really suit with me now you've got to say Reid he's a bit quicker than Tomlin but he's probably not as quick in the brain as Tomlin as unlocking Tomlin is the is a very good provider of opportunity right Reed would probably score more than Tomlin, but Tomlin would have more assists. So what you gotta, you know, what I'm asking myself is, is this the, you know, playing Tomlin, giving him more time, getting used to players, getting used to playing in this system, are they are they growing towards something where they are going to get a bit more possession of the ball? Because I mean, first half against Fulham, it was like. 76-24% possession. I mean, it, you know. And then the, if you look at the stats, I think, like, if we, uh, I think we had a fa- 50% pass and accuracy rate, you know, that would then knock you down to 12% sort of thing. And I know you can, you can chuck figures and statistics around, but I'm just trying to, to delve into people's minds why it's going to be difficult to win games. Right, and score goals. You know, if if you don't have as much possession of the ball and you, you give it away quite frequent when you do have possession of the ball, you, you are limiting your own chances. So the things that I think they, we, we just have to look at and whether they change or not, that's down to the manager. But, you know, I'm never going to stop highlighting those things. You know, it's, I, like I say, 
like I said to Paul, yourself, like I've said to the fans before, in 1718, when I was saying after five games, get back, rally call, get back to the city, you know, there's something special. I'm, I didn't hear no one in the club coming out and saying, tell him to shut up. <laughs> he don't know what he's talking about, right? So you can't have it both ways, you know. Right? If I see, I'm only gonna, I'm only gonna, I, I don't, I don't do anything personal. You know, I don't care. You know, I don't know these people, right? I speak to them, but they're not friends. Of mine. They don't affect my life in any sort of way. I, I, I see something. I call it as it is. It's as simple as that. You know, and when I'm out and about with uh, City fans, when I was at Blackburn and talking to a few fans and things like that, I was at the function the other night talking to a few fans. It they're not they're not fooled. They don't they don't come up to me and say, "Nay, if you don't know what you're talking about," they say, "Just just keep just keep saying the truth, mate. Just keep saying what you're saying because it makes perfect sense to me." All right, so it. it, it you know, getting personal with it is is a waste of time because it's just it's just ridiculous. You know what I mean, you see what you see and you you call it as you see it. Simple as that. We live in a we live in a world where there's a lot of cloak and dagger, don't we? Mm. At this moment in time, in day to day life, politics, or have you, I'll say this thing and mean that thing. Mm. Well, that's just not in my vocab, I'm afraid. So. Looking ahead then, so obviously starting with Derby on Friday night, but looking at the next three fixtures, there's Derby who are in 19th, Borough who are 18th, and Hull who are 20th. Cardiff have got to be targeting these games, do you yeah, think? Yeah, don't be fooled, they're tough games. Yeah, I know, of course. Do you know what I mean? They, you know, they like I say, it, you know, Derby, Borough and Hull. Um, Borough, inexperienced management team, but I expect Jonathan to do well there, you know. I hear him speak and I see him. Okay, you've never seen him. I've never seen him coaching, but I know him, what kind of lad he is, serious cat. You know, I would have said, give him some time, which is what we'd all like, but it doesn't happen. And they should have a, a, a decent season. Whether I'd say top six, I don't know. But that's a difficult game. Hull's a difficult game. You know, they haven't started great, but still a difficult game. Uh, Derby it's, you know we know it. their positions like can, can draw you into a false sense of security if you like you know make no bones about it Neil Warnock knows you know those three very very tough games they started poorly though haven't they Derby Derby one win in six but they are scoring goals I, I, I just wonder at home on Friday night whether there'll be too much for Cardiff on the road to, well barring the the Blackburn game they've, they've shipped a few goals mm. away from home well again it's new managing it Koku trying to get his his point across I know you know growing up in the environment he would have grown up in it is going to take time for him to get what he wants out of that team It is it, it, you are altering a philosophy uh, if you like and switching to what what he wants and you know it, it takes time but it's an incredibly difficult game. Whether we've played them home or away in the last, take out the Premier League season, last few years, it's been an incredibly tough game. It's always a tough game. If you said to me, call it, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's, uh, it's Come a, to that later. It's a literally a toss of the coin, yeah. Okay, that's the end of part two. In part three, we have a little feature for you. 
and welcome back to part three of Blakey's Boot Room. Um, have a little feature we're going to try out with Blakey. You, you, you who's who's, who's come up with this idea then, Glenn? Uh, this was you, I think. <laughs> <laughs> on about it with some trepidation. But given, Is this my idea? Uh, it, it was a joint one. <laughs> Between who? Uh, me and you. <laughs> given Cardiff's striking woes... Um, two goals in seven games in all competition from the yeah. five recognised strikers. Thought it would be nice to get Blakey's views on the strikers he's played with and against and perhaps come up with an amalgamation of all their skills to create one perfect striker from the Blakey era. Okay. So... With or have, against? with Because uh, that would just... With is better than against because against is just minefield. It's ridiculous. Okay, well, okay. Well, let's, let's do with. Yeah, stick yeah, with, yeah, that's with the, yeah. Okay, that's easy. Okay. So okay. we have how many categories have we got? One, two, three, four, five, six categories. And hopefully after we've amalgamated them all at the end, we'll come up with one perfect striker. Okay, so the first... I can give it to you now. Nathan, that I played with. Who, who's there? Ian Rush. Perfect striker for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Well, it kind of spoils spoils the game. I was thinking. If I you say you'd rush for well, every category. Well, I played with him for Wales, and he is just the supreme striker being. I'm telling you, no one better, okay. nobody better. We'll bear that ever. Right. I've seen or played with as a nine. Rushy is the man. I'm telling you now. Okay. Well, maybe we'll just go through these. Just but yeah, we'll play the game. <laughs> but okay, so. We've settled on players that you've played with. So the first category, mm. we've got best finisher. Ian Rush. <laughs> you know where it's going, don't you? Uh, well, that has to be Ian Rush. Yeah. I think we can lay you up. Yeah, Rush, yeah. Though. It's Rushy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, category number two, best header. That wouldn't be Rushy. Um, best header of a football play with maybe Arts. Big John or your Stein Flo at Sheffield United. Mm. He was a great header of ball. Um, Sutty, Chris Sutton at Blackburn. Uh, little John McGinley. He was a great header of the ball. Uh, who else? Yeah. If I had to nail you down to one? Uh, Hearts come out of your mouth fairly quickly. I'd go with, I would go with Flo at um, Sheffield United because he was a dream for me. It was it, going to Sheffield United as a nine meant I didn't have to fight anybody. When I went to Bolton, my game had to adapt because McGinn was the smaller man. But six foot four, high jumper by trade. You can imagine, you know, I remember seeing Razor Ruddock trying to bully him, and Flo was the type of player who didn't react to anybody he just played his game his temperament was fantastic and he's just like sailing in the air like at a cape on so I go yeah just on flow he's about 6 or 5 which obviously helps um, best player with a back to goal Sparky without a shadow Sparky okay so what category are we on to next I used to watch Sparky and try and learn watching him even when he was at Man United before I played for Wales he was just superb best movement Rushy Rushy <laughs> yeah um, 
best long shot? Ooh. For a striker? Uh, I would prefer a striker, but if you can think of somebody who's um, banging in thunderbolts from 30 yards regularly from defence, that'll be fine. Best, best long shot can only be one, and I know he played centre forward as well, Windy Miller. Windy Miller. He used to score, I used to call him like Bam Bam because he used to, oh, he used to shoot from like halfway line. Remember he scored, I think, he against. He was a midfielder though, wasn't he? He played number nine, he came here as a nine. Did he? he come to Cardiff as a nine from Oldham, yeah. Right. Yeah, so let's go with that one. Final category, best penalty taker. Oh, Chris Pike. There we go, that wasn't too difficult. That's was a nice little blend, isn't it? Yeah. Chris Pike. Pike was a Pike was a really good finisher. Really, really good finisher. He was. Didn't get a lot of goals for his size and stature with his head. But with his feet, he was him and Carl Dale quality, but I would I would put Pikey just ahead of Carl Dale. I know a few Cardiff fans but hey what are you on about Blake but, uh, there'll be a some who'll say yeah I agree with that so it's uh, yeah I'd say Pikey great penalty taker that wasn't as painless as uh, painful. painful sorry yeah. as he thought it was going to be no 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 not at all not at all it's quite enjoyable actually brilliant well that's the end of part three when we come back for the final part we'll be doing some Ask Blakey and some predictions <laughs> Welcome back to part four, and we're going to start with some Ask Blakey to, to finish off. <coughs> um, we have our first question from Will Melwish. I'm going to go with that pronunciation. Um, Will asks, do you think our two young defenders, Cox and Brown, will be regulars in the team by the end of the season following their recent development and international call-ups? I think they should be, but I don't think they will be. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, Ed Hopkins, do you think that a director of football or head of performance should be appointed post-Neil Warnock to help with the football in direction of the club? Absolutely. Yes, I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I think I've been on record saying this for years. Um, you know, uh, pre-Neil Warnock, I think... Uh, the the hierarchy had got themselves into a bit of a pickle. Um, you have to say over the last, you know, since Neil's come, you know, you're not going to get everything you want from them. But you know, Mr. Tanner's been very good. Uh, Mehmet Dalman, very good, supporting the manager. Kentu, very good, supporting the manager. Um, basically, given everything he's he, he's wanted they were never going to go oh he's 100 million to stay in the Premier League you know I know people say oh we only spent 10 or 20 million or whatever but you know still we, we brought in a lot of players there's still a wages you've got to consider um, so you have to say you know those guys at the top have, have, have done a good job in the last two or three seasons and I think a director of football and someone who's honest and straight and gonna say as it is is gonna help them you know in the direction they want to take the club which is back to the Premier League and become a sustainable or sustained Premier League club that that has always been my my want my will is not just to become a Premier League club for a season or two 
is as a capital city of Wales is to become you know you know like capital of, of England you know London clubs Arsenal's Chelsea's you know and then you've got your Liverpool's Everton's City's United's you know I don't look and see why Cardiff as the as the capital um, and with the money behind them and a fantastic stadium which is fantastic the atmosphere generates is superb and again you've got to thank the owner for that I don't see why it can't be Blakey for director of football then mm. Tim Burns asks how difficult is it to play in a side where the team changes week to week thinking about the League Cup defeat specifically that side could barely have even trained together uh, it's really difficult I always say you know even if you have one or two changes um, from game to game it's difficult but you know it, it's something that I don't think we can have got the manager for because it it's something he's done since day one and he got promoted off the back of it so you know kind of reverse what I said earlier can have it both ways can now start complaining about something that's happened all the time and has been successful doing that so you know it's difficult and in a League Cup I think you've got to accept that there are going to be a lot of changes in the League Cup right it's one of those things that most clubs do it some clubs there are a few clubs who say no we're going to play a team and go for it sort of thing uh, and if they get to the final great but if they don't it's they see it as a, a bit of a risk but um, also add to that you've got to think to yourself well people complain or oh, young players don't get an opportunity well to get this opportunity you're a professional mind just because you're under 23 or under 21 whatever you want to call it you're still a professional so you get your opportunity and if you play well and take that opportunity you might find yourself in the squad for the Saturday game so you know you can't have it both ways you can't complain when uh, I, I do agree 11 changes is somewhat you know over the top mm. but I think if you see 5 or 6 changes and then 2 or 3 people on the bench you haven't seen or heard of uh, or have come from the 21s I, th- I think it's, uh, it's, it's a good thing Nigel Harris says, interested to see Danny Cowley head into Huddersfield. Think he could have been an ideal man to replace Warnock and head a Warnock squad. It's very rare that a club know a manager is leaving as Neil Warnock is next May. How or when should City plan for successor? Good question. I would have planned last season. Um, I've already been on record saying, like, for me, I would be... uh, someone like a Chris Hutton in that mould I know Paul probably disagrees but I think what he gives you is a level of professionalism very good knows how to set the team up defensively and offensively not not out of this world offensively possession more possession you know you're not going to go from 30% possession to 90% possession but you are going to be up around the 40s 50s and that time 60s so you're going to improve that and you're going to, because it is a transition. And we've been in the situation where we've gone from like Marquis to Ollie, one extreme to the other. And it doesn't work because what you have in between is the players. And one manager buys a certain type of players if he thinks more defensively, he's more cautious and more work rate, that kind of player. Where an offensive manager likes 
the skill and you know the freeness and what have you and you know so it's difficult so I think going from Neil Warnock to a Chris Hutton and then going to a I'll leave that out there for the fans to a manager who was looking to play and that possession based game I think is a perfect transition or someone like a Chris Hutton there but they're out there if you, if you can I make a point on that one mm-hmm. um, Cardiff have got to be setting their sights higher than people like Danny Cowley you know I, and I appreciate that the lower division managers have to be given an opportunity somewhere but you know we had all this with Nathan Jones when he did well with Luton and I remember thinking when he went to Stoke He's going to be way out of his depth. I said there. it to Kevin. I, I, He's going to be way Kevin Ratcliffe was you know? asking in. Kevin Ratcliffe said, "I can't remember the game. Um, we were at home and we were doing it, and the question came in, and uh, Kevin Kevin Ratcliffe. I remember Rat said uh, Nathan Jones for the Welsh manager's job <laughs> before Giggsy, and I was like." Mate, are you sure? No, there were people. There were lots of fans suggesting this as well. Well, it's 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 the same, Paul. It's it's no different for a manager as a, as a player. What you're finding now is the step up. Right, it's not just the step up, as in your coaching. It's your personality. It's then the players, how you get across to them, whether they respect you or whether they listen. If 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 Mark Hughes walks into a dressing room, let's go back say five ten years right Mark Hughes walks into a dressing room as your manager you go wow <laughs> he's been there seen it done it got the t-shirt and trousers if Nathan Jones walks into your dressing room and this is no disrespect to Nathan he'll know this is probably part of the problem at Stoke when he walks into your dressing room you go what do you do as a player right show me something as a coach then first two or three games don't go you don't win straight away players they're looking at the manager right it's not our fault you set us up like this we play this way because of you and it's not working so and that's what player that's <laughs> is you know the, the dressing room ruthless place mate I tell young players all the time they can, they can make or break you it's a ruthless place and I felt Nath would have been better staying at Luton Gaining a promotion. This is just my opinion, right? Gaining a promotion to the championship, having a year in a championship, maybe to finishing tenth, twelfth. I think he would would been capable of top fifteen anyway in a championship with Luton, cutting his teeth there, and then if an opportunity came in the championship with a a bigger club, then maybe making his move. But to go from I think it was League One then. To Stoke would just come down from the Premier League. You got to think, those players are all Premier League players. And we all know it. I was one of them. You know it, Paul. You write about us. Players got massive egos. They have. And you have to have that air of confidence and arrogance to be a, a, a baller. But what you do, you, you, you're quick to look and say, right, you know, Let's see what you got then. And, you know, I remember playing at clubs and the new signing new defender and I'd say, right, one-on-one, let's see what you got then. You think, you're the man, let's go and see what you got. That's just the way it is. It's not big-headed. It's just the, what you do in football. One-on-ones and take the mick and try and meg him and blah, blah, blah. He takes you out. You have to take it. But it's no different for a manager, right? Because we're all 
we're all people we all think do you know who I think will be Cardiff's next manager go on whenever Warnock goes it was naturally going to be Craig Benamy, but obviously that's gone by the by now I'm going to throw an absolute googly in here now as Cardiff's <laughs> next manager Sol Bamba yeah natural leadership massive affinity with that club bright bloke I, I just think that I know he lacks experience but so does you know so why would you say Nathan Jones isn't good enough for the championship yet was leading Luton to a promotion and hadn't had already led him to one promotion but wouldn't be good enough for Cardiff but Saul Bamba with zero experience and you know I love Saul yeah would be the next man for because, Cardiff. Because I'm not saying he's, Nathan Jones isn't good enough for the championship. I'm saying Stoke City is a club too big for him. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, he could come into the championship and manage a wig and do really well. And then that step up would be more natural. Um, I, I just think that some individuals have an association with a club that enables them to make that step up. I would, and I think Sol has that with Cardiff I, City. I, I, I would, I would, I would, I agree and I with that. I think he might be up. a good manager. I, yeah, but do you know but what? we don't know. Do you know what? I want to put my money on someone who's got a bit more experience and almost guarantees me a certain. You know, if I have a Chris Hutton, I know I'm not going to be below ten in the table. Maybe a Hutton to groom Bamba. Right. Bamba's fine, no problem. I've got like no that. problem with with someone like Saul learning underneath someone. Yeah, but to throw him into the deep end, listen, I just think you know Paul Trollope, uh, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, who both had experience as managers. I think it is a it is a big risk. You know, I think it's a big risk. Um, and like I said, I don't think, I don't want to take that risk now in the championship because I think we're two steps away from being a good, consistent, solid Premier League team. Like I say to people, go back and check your records. Go back to 2008, 9, 10 and see where Bournemouth were. Do you ever think now Bournemouth relegation? Start of season, is it one of the things that comes into your mind? No. 11,000 seat of stadium. It can be done. Right? It can be done. It's about decision making at the end of the day. It's no good pretending you know what you're doing while you're falling through the floor. You have to know what you're doing. You have to understand it. Ruder to the tutor, top to the bottom. Final question before some, some predictions for the weekend then. Gareth Davis says, how long does Glatzel get a run in the team for while not scoring? Oh, it's a killer. I do feel for our strikers, man. <laughs> I do. It's like we haven't had a 20 goal a season striker for, I don't know, since... Paul, can you help me with that? Last time we had a 20 goal oh. season striker. Chopper at Bothroyd. Um <sighs> McCormack, did he do it? I, I don't know. Are you going back? But we are going back a We're not decade. going back much further than that. Yeah, you're going back about a decade. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, when the team went up, Heider Helgeson top scored, didn't he, with 12? Sing- no, I think it was single digits Nine. in the league. Um, last time Cardiff went up, Patson top scored with about 10, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. It's even when the team has gone up, the centre forward has not been banging the goals in. Yeah. So, what was the question? G's question. How long does he get a run in the team for if he's not scoring? 
I don't know, because I don't think it's going to solve your problem pulling him out and putting right. someone else in. Uh, I, I don't think the problem... Uh, listen, there's going to be... There's going to be moments or incidents or times you can pick out where he should have run there or he should have done that. Or just, but I think Glatzel, I've said it and I'll say it again. I I think the lack of possession in the team actually stifles him. Right? I don't think he, he's having to get... He's getting one, if he's lucky, two sights on goal per game. If he's lucky. Mm. Yeah. Now I tell you, as a striker or former striker, if I went two games and only had two shots, we're having it in the dressing room, mm. definitely. <laughs> Simple as that. I'm not. I'm not accepting that. Mm. I'm not getting battered and putting my body on the line, and then and with zero opportunities. You're joking. The idea of the game is to put the ball on the goal, and I'm the nine. So everyone's going to judge me on what at the end of the season? Not, oh, Blake's, you've done well, great, man of the match. Uh, what they say is how many goals you've got. And if I'm saying four, seven, nine, it's just not, it's not going to cut it. Not for me personally. I, I don't, you know, forget where we are in the league as a team and blah, blah, blah. Me personally, I score goals. It's what I do. So I feel for Glatzel. I really do. Uh, I, I, you know, I do think he's a he's a good striker and I do think he's got a lot of qualities but I think we have to adjust things for our strikers to score goals and it's not been a problem just in the last two or three seasons as we just said we've gone back a decade now since we've seen a striker come and score 20 goals here so with the with the management team that's in charge at the moment they got to find a way simple as that they got to find a way if you're going to keep doing what you're doing I doubt Glatzel will get 10 goals this season because no one else has. <laughs> so why would it change? Well, let's hope he gets off the market. Pride Park on Let's Friday. really hope so, and yeah. Speaking, he could do with a little brace. That's what he could do. Exactly really. right. And speaking of which, we're going to move on to some score predictions to finish off yeah. then. So, Paul, I'm going to come to you first for your prediction for Friday night. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> you can call that the biggest bit of fence-sitting in history if you want. I genuinely have no idea. Come on, Splinter. Get off the I, fence. I just don't. Pluck I a just, score out of the thin air for me. 3-3. Three, 3-3. Three. Three, three. <laughs> um, Blakey. I have absolutely no idea. No, I'm not letting you get away with it. <laughs> it's your uh, podcast, I'm not letting you get away with it. I, I just don't, Blakey. I have no idea. I, I'm i going to go, I think at the moment, um, I witnessed this at Blackburn. I thought Blackburn were there for the taking. Mm-hmm. I just don't think we're playing well enough at the moment. The way we play, and like I've said before, I'm not going to say, oh, we need to switch to possession game. We're not going to under Neil Warnock, right? So we have to accept that, and that's how he's done since day one. What I'm saying is, what we did well in 17, 18, when we did get promoted, yeah, I don't think we're doing as well now. I don't, I don't think we're... I think the only time we're building, like... Uh, pressure on teams is when we get them into the final third they're heading away and we, we, we're getting throw-ons and we're not building enough sustained pressure through like Tomlin's someone who loves to have the ball in the most difficult tight situations why? because he's thinking before you've even passed it I know he's 
the defenders think, and I'm going to do this, but I'm not. I'm going to do that. That's why like, the other night when he shaped the shoot and he just clipped it, mm. uh, we all thought, oh, we all went for the shot, but he's already on page two. No, no, no. I'm just going to slip it down there. All right. So I I don't think we're playing well enough away from home uh, to beat Derby. And I don't think Derby are playing well enough uh, at this moment in time. So it smacks of a draw, doesn't it? I'm not sitting on the fence. I, I do generally believe it'll be a 1-1 draw. I can't see many, many more goals. Same, same. I thought 1-1 draw as well before I asked you both the yeah. question. But yeah. Um, yeah, well, let's hope it's more than just a draw on Friday. Yeah, let's hope Glatzel gets a brace, gets a trick gets off the mark and we come away with a 3-0 clean sheet victory Amen to that Well thanks all once again for tuning in and remember to keep up with all the Cardiff City news and Wales Online Subscribe to The Boot Room on iTunes or listen on walesonline.co.uk Boot Room